0: and then they'd run off, amen. Yeah, we're thankful. Hey, listen, I heard about a little boy that got in trouble, and I know we don't have any like that in the church, but uh, he got in trouble, and his mama just put him in time out. But she decided she'd do something unusual. She opened the closet door, she said, hey, go sit in there, and she said, I'm gonna close the door, and I want you to think about it, in that dark closet, what you did wrong. He said, mama, it's dark in here. She said, yeah, but Jesus is with you. Just remember that, but you think about what you done. So she closed the door, and he's sitting in that dark closet by itself. And finally she went to the door and stuck a cup to the door just to kind of check on him. And, and the silence broke on the other side of the door. And the voice of the little boy said, This, Jesus, I know you're in here, because my mama said you were. But if you move, I'm coming out of here. <laughs> Can I stop and tell you, sometimes we need him to move. Y'all with me amen, to get you out of that dark closet. Amen. The truth of the matter is, I'm glad to rejoice in the fact that God is with us. And no matter what's going on around us in the world, whether it be a storm or be the election or be trouble, he's with you. Say amen. Even when it seems dark, he's close by. And I want to preach. Now, last year, God gave me a series of message on the, some trees in the Bible, and I preached to you on the cedar tree, and I preached to you on the 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 the, the palm tree. But God gave me a message, and I, I felt like the Lord wanted me to share that with you on the trees of all gum. Don't you look with me at 2 Chronicles chapter number nine and verse nine? If you there, say praise the Lord. The Bible said in verse number nine, now listen, y'all know me. Don't be clamming up on me. Y'all help me out. He said, it said, and she, talking about the queen of Sheba, I'll come back to her in a moment, gave the king 120 talents of gold and of spices great abundance and precious stones. Neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. And the servants also of Huram And the servants of Solomon, which brought gold from Ophir, brought algum trees and precious stones. And the king made of the algum trees terraces to the houses of the Lord and to the king's palace and harps and psalteries for singers. And there was none such seen before in the land of Judah. Now I want to go backwards, just go back to 1 Kings chapter 10, if you will. I'm just going to read a couple of verses, just trying to tie a big bow around two passages that deal with the same subject. 1 Kings chapter 10, backwards, you're in 2 Chronicles, go to 1 Chronicles, 2 Kings, 1 Kings, chapter number 10. It's on the screen, by the way, and verse number 11. It's really the same story, just from a little different angle. Verse 11, and the navy also of Hiram... That brought gold from Ophir, brought in from Ophir a great plenty of all mug trees and precious stones. And the king made of the all mug trees pillars for the house of the Lord and for the king's house. Harps also and psaltery for singers. And there came no such all mug trees nor were seen unto this day. What's interesting about this is couch right in the middle of the story of one of the wealthiest men in the Bible, one of the men that had been given such great wisdom, the Spirit of God inserts a little bit of the characteristic of what the house of God and the terraces of God were built out of. They were built out of an unusual tree. In 2 Chronicles chapter 9, the Bible calls it an all-gum. And in 1 Kings chapter number 10, it's called an all mug. They're the same tree. But this tree was used by Solomon in the building of the house of God. Now what I want to do for just a minute, so I just want to talk about these trees and try to show you from the word of God. why well, I believe that these trees identify your relationship and mine to the king of kings and the role that we'll play in his kingdom. I want to preach on the trees of all gum, And we pray that Jesus really will move. Y'all with me say amen. Father, we're so grateful for the word of God. Lord, these folks are precious. They're our friends. We appreciate their love for the ministry and their love for preachers and preaching of the word of God. Now, Lord, I pray right now that you'll bind anything. And I don't think there's any kind of spirit lurking here today. I feel your presence, Lord. I I, I, sense, I sense the urgency of the hour is upon us. And I pray, God, that you'll give me liberty and unction. And, Lord, for that one person who feels abandoned, for that one person who feels like the devil has uh, played tap dance on their heart, For that that family that's going through the valley. Oh God, would you raise them up today. Would you remind them there's still a bomb in Gilead. There's still a God of glory that has not forgotten about their GPS location. He's got the coordinates directly in the throne room of heaven. And we'll give you glory for what you do today. And thank you again for the word of God. Help me to preach it with passion and power and strength. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, When you come to this portion of scripture, Solomon now has gone into the building of the house of God. And the Bible says, interestingly, as I read to you, that there was a young lady by the name of the Queen of Sheba that had gotten interested in Solomon to the point that she loaded up a large caravan with all kinds of riches and gold and spices and things that she could present to a man like Solomon. And she made her pilgrimage from her land down to where this man Solomon was. You see, she'd gotten word that this man worshiped God. She'd gotten word that this man was unusual. Unusual. She'd gotten word that this man was a man like nobody that she'd ever heard or met before. And she made her way down and when she began to talk to him, her whole conclusion of the matter was this. She says when she got there, she saw how his servants loved him. She saw how happy they were in the worship of the Lord and she made this statement. She says, you know, everything that was told to me, the half has not yet been told. Now Solomon 2 is a tight picture of the Lord Jesus and what you and I have experienced this side of heaven, we're going to say in heaven one day, the half was not yet told to us. Amen. But just for a minute, I want to stop and I want to focus in on this portion of scripture where the Bible says that there was a a group of people referred to in our text as the servants of Hiram who went to a place called Ophir and they brought back some trees called the algum tree. Now when you study your Bible, there are 37 different trees mentioned throughout the word of God. Some trees were there as a tree of representation and some trees were there as trees of revelation. But I wanna stop for just a minute and just focus on this one tree and show you why I believe in my proposition, listen carefully, why I believe that every Christian should appreciate their relationship with the king. These trees are a picture of the relationship that every Christian ought to have with the king. And by the way, if you're not a Christian, we can help you get that way today. Y'all with me, say amen. I want you to notice with me three facts that I found in the Word of God about the all gum tree. Number one, I want to share with you from the Word of God the all gum tree was found in their solitude. In other words, they were found when they were by themselves a long ways away from the palace of the king. Now let me just stop for a minute and say this. When you come to this text there are several things you need to identify. Number one we need to find out just who the servants of Hiram were. And number two we need to find out what the location called Ophir was and where it was. And then number three we need to just talk about the reason why they brought these trees back. But I want to talk to you on the subject matter. I Listen to to me of, of them being brought in their solitude back to the king now you and I know that Solomon was wealthy he had more money than, than, than he wouldn't need Powerball by the way he need, he need to go buy a Powerball ticket his net worth I did a study on this they said to me his net worth was somewhere around 75 billion dollars Donald Trump would blush y'all with me say amen I mean this old boy had it going on he had more than he could ever imagine but one day the servants of Hiram came to him and said, What can we do? We love you, Solomon. And I began to study this and I found out, Brother Nathaniel, that the servants of Hiram were servants of a man that was the king of Tyre. And when David was in power... These servants came, this king came to David and brought his servants and said to David, David, we love you and we appreciate what you're doing and we want to lend my servants to you for the work, whatever you bid them to do. Now, the servants of Hiram were unusual people. They were were craftsmen at building. They could take wood and do unusual things with it. And so David brought them in and utilized these servants. Now, David has passed off the scene and now his son who is a beautiful picture of God's grace, has come on the scene, Solomon. He was born out of an, uh, listen, adulterous relationship that David had with Bathsheba. But the truth of the matter is, God didn't write Solomon off just because his daddy messed up. Y'all with me, say amen. God didn't write uh, Solomon off the the ticket just because his mom and daddy didn't have uh, that much influence at the time. I'm glad God looked at the worth of Solomon and he looked at the heart of Solomon. And he said, that young man I'm gonna use for the glory of God. And you know he did, he raged him up. Now these same servants come to Solomon and said this, now get a hold of this, this will make a Presbyterian shout right here. Y'all we will say amen. Because of our love for your daddy, Because of the relationship I had, we had with your daddy, we give ourselves to you, Solomon, to do with us as you will. You know what Solomon said? He said, all right, I've got some Navy men, and they go out and they come back every three years, and they go around the world, and they find riches and jewels and treasures. Link yourselves up with my servants, and y'all head out. Now, I want you to notice, first of all, that the all gum tree was found in its solitude. I told you who the servants of Hiram were. They were the servants of a king, uh, Tyre. And uh, and so here's where we go now. They The Bible said that they went to a place called Ophir. Look at it. The Bible says with me, it said, and the servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon which brought gold from Ophir brought all gum trees and precious stones. Now do Do not miss the context. It said that these guys loaded up on a ship and according to the context of scripture, they would be gone for three years and they would come back. When they came back according to the word of God, they came back with all kinds of things. Here's some of the things they had on board their vessel. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 10. Later on in the chapter, they came back with gold, silver, ivory, apes, baboons, and all gum trees. Now you know I got interested in Ophir. I said, "Where is Ophir?" And so you can Google anything. Y'all realize that, man. Syria talked to you. I was I was one day in my study. I said, "Where is Ophir?" Now I try to talk it, but but South Georgia people it don't register well. Y'all with me, say, man? I. Y'all be careful when you talk messages into your phone And you from South Georgia Cause it don't Sometimes it don't convert into Siri language Say amen You have to clean it up Y'all with me say amen Y'all don't look at me so spiritual And I said where's Oprah and, and question marks came back from Google Said we don't know and then I began to research it and found out some believe it was possibly in India. And I began to look at the Bible map. You know what I found out? I found out wherever it was, whether it was India or whether it was one of those other little places across the sea, it was a long ways away from Jerusalem. And the servants went and got it and brought it home. Are y'all in the shame? Those trees were growing by themselves if it was in India. They were minding their own business. And one day a ship pulled up to the port. The sailors got off. the servants begin to scour for all kind of valuables and can't you see one old boy picking up an all gum tree and saying something like this man it don't look like much but it's the most unusual thing I've ever seen in my life why don't we take this back to Solomon you see Solomon had everything he could imagine he could grow any tree he wanted to grow he cut down the cedars of Lebanon and brought them back to build the house of God out but one of the servants picked up an old discarded piece of wood and brought it back to the the ship and three years journey brought it back to the king and presented it to them. Can I just stop and tell you number one I see they were found in their solitude by their placement. They were a long ways away from the house of God. They were a long ways away from Solomon's house but they had need to come back to the king. Can I stop and tell you you remember the day when you got away way way out there from the king but the servants came looking for you what servant was that the holy ghost came to where you were when you could not come to him you couldn't come across that sea you didn't have the resources to get on the ship uh, to come to the king's house but thanks be to god the servants came looking for you and they scoured through the countryside they dug through the trash heaps uh, and they picked you up and brought you back to the king thanks be to god they were found in their solitude amen I see their placement, but I see their picture. I found some pictures of all gum trees. They're not pretty to look at. They were a dark black exterior with a gummy exterior. That's why they're called all gum. But when you cut them open, the inside of them was ruby red. Can I get a witness? Say amen. You see, there was worth on the inside that could not be seen from the outside. There was something on the inside of those trees that was so beautiful that if you didn't cut away the bad you'd never see the good. And thanks be to God the servant saw worth in a tree that was discarded and piled up and just done away with. I'm glad to report to you that's the way God sees you. To the world you may look discarded. To the world you may have a bad exterior. To the world they may have wrote you off. To the devil he says he's got you cornered but God says wait a minute underneath that exterior there's value underneath that exterior there's beauty underneath what's on the outside I got I said glory to God I'm liable to take a lap high five somebody on the highway and come back and keep on preaching somebody ought to stay with me today and say thank God he came to you and you could not come to him Whoa." I got two statements of fact, and I want to give it to you. I believe the first statement of fact is this. Realize in your lonely places that God is searching for you. Number two, the second statement of fact is this. Realize no matter how you looked when he found you, he knew you had great worth. Can I get a witness? See, some of you feel like that God can't use you. But he sees what's on the inside. That's why he told them when they came to choose a king, he told Samuel, don't look on the height of their stature. On the outward man, he says, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. God sees the inside and bless your heart, honey. I'm glad he found you in your solitude. I want to stop for just a minute and say, fact number one, he found you in your solitude. Fact number two, they were fixed in their structure. Verse number 11 tells us, interestingly, look at what it says. And the king made of the all gum trees. Now notice the next word. Don't miss how the word of God places this here. Terraces to the house of the Lord and to the king's palace. Now don't miss that. The Bible says that some of the trees that were brought back, can you imagine as them guys are unloading those trees off that ship, laying them beside the valuable silvery? Silver and ivory and and gold and the baboons and peacocks and the apes and all the exotic things and just throwing that old wood off. And Solomon says, I got a perfect spot for that. He says, you see my house, the palace? You see the house of God? We need to build a terrace to get from one place to the other. And I want you guys to work on it. And he looked at the servants of Hiram. He said, Make this your project. I want a terrace to the house of God. Now, the first time I read that, the first thing I thought about when I thought about a terrace is how you'd see an apartment complexes have a little balcony jutting out of them. And that's what I thought about. I thought about, you know, maybe it was just like a, a jutting out. From the side of the house of God and from his palace, where he can walk out and greet the people. But that's not what the ter- the word terrace means. As a matter of fact, look at what the Bible says in First Kings. I don't have it on the script on the screen, but I'll read it to you from the scripture. In First Kings chapter number 10 and verse number five, the Bible said, When the queen of Sheba came in verse number four, she saw the house that he built. Now you got to get a hold of this thought, it's thinking to get good. Y'all with me say amen. Now I know it's time to eat. But we'll get there in a minute. Y'all with me say amen. I, I'm still tasting some of that barbecue I ate yesterday coming out of my porridge. Y'all We me say amen. That's kind of, that's maintaining me. Preacher, I love preaching to your people. They're so good to preach to. Look what the Bible said here in verse number four. The Bible said she saw the house he built, verse number five, and the meat of his table and the city of the service. Boy, this is great preaching right here. Look at this and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers. And notice the next phrase. I actually put it in brackets in my Bible. And his ascent by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. In other words, when she got there and she saw all of his servants, and by the way, if you'll read on down just two more verses, it said they were all happy. They didn't walk around saying, well, I guess I got to go serve the king today. They had a big smile on their face. They were like, whoopee. I was with a preacher last week. I'm telling you, son, I, I I couldn't keep up with him. He's like the Energizer bunny rabbit on steroids. So y'all with me say amen. I mean, eight years ago, I preached a tent revival. Let me just testify for a minute. And after the tent revival was over, I walked over to this preacher and I said, I believe God's dealing with you about doing something. He looked at me puzzled. He said, you know what? God spoke to me in your preaching tonight and he sent for uh, for me to start a church in Bessemer City, North Carolina. I said, great. When you get it started, call me. I'd love to come back and see what God's doing. They found a little small building. I'm talking about son. from the outside. It don't look like much. Matter of fact, The roof of the building was like this. It wasn't but about 30 foot wide, maybe 60 foot long. And I know you're going to think this is an impossibility what I'm fixing to tell you, but my wife and my kids will testify, and I got pictures on my phone to prove it. Sunday morning, they had 306 people crammed in that little old building. I didn't even preach. The preacher was so happy, he just took over the servants. I said, help yourself, preacher. Amen. Son, he was all over the map running, shouting. And he, every now and then he'd stop and go, whoopee. I said, I kind of like that. Say amen. But he didn't walk up mad, been out of shape. The servants around him wasn't all contorted and they were happy because two weeks before that a church that had closed its doors that had been abandoned they got that church signed over to them and now he can get in a 250 seat auditorium because that place wouldn't hold but about 100 people and he got three I don't know where they put but it was all the way out the back door my wife had to sit on the out on the little porch stoop that they built. It was so, and then and, and they got a building given to them And I said glory to God And that whole crowd was absolutely just like they, the, There were holes in the roof they had to fix There were sheetrock plaster fought off the walls They had to throw away 11 tons of canned goods That was in an old building out back But none of them act like they had a problem with it They was just happy that the king gave them something And they had an opportunity to serve the king Why don't you take the mentality Like his service did And when you come to church Don't say I got to go But something like this, I get to go, say, amen. Not that I got to go down there and do something again, but bless your name, thank you that you give me strength in my legs to walk in the house of God. You give me air in my lungs to give you glory. You give me the strength to hold up my feeble head and I say glory, glory, glory. She looked over there, she said, I ain't never seen nothing like this. And one of the things she said was, that little stairwell leading from his house to the house of God, that little ascent by which he went to the place of worship, I ain't seen nothing like you know why. Because every step had been made out of the gum tree. And every step that Solomon, when he left his house going to worship, he would step on an gum tree. You say, what about the ones on the bottom? They may say, I'm not that important, but if you didn't have them, you never get to the top. Ain't you glad for the ones that were on the top rung, the ones that were placed in the middle, the ones on the bottom, and every rung had a place. And the place and the purpose was get the king to the place of worship. Y'all me amen. Get the king to the place where he can go and worship. And I'll just go ahead and give you glory right there. They were fixed in their structure. Listen to me, because they were called terraces to the house of God. But number two, they were referred to as pillars to the house of God. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles, it said by their not only their composure, the Bible said they were used for pillars to the house of God. Literally, these, these trees were cut out and made as pillars. You know, I, did, I stopped and did a little bit of observation about the pillars to the house of God. You know what I found out? I found out that pillars, number one, have to be strong. If a pillar ain't strong, it ain't holding up a structure. Number two, a pillar is not only strong But it's stationed It's normally put in a strategic place Because it can handle the weight of the building Y'all with me say amen Number three, it's not only strong and stationed But it's secure It's not insecure It's secure in where it's at And here's the last one that I thought about It's just silent You don't ever hear a pillar saying Look at me I'm over here Y'all see those pillars back there you See them, th- them things right there? They're made to hold up the structure of that balcony. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Here's what I found I found that the all gum tree was found in their solitude. They were fixed in their structure by their placement, by their composure. And number two, listen to me not only by their composure, but by their content, they were very sticky. Listen to me. They were resolute and things were drawn to them. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Say amen. You get a church with people that are just doing their job and people will say, I like what I see. You know what I found out? I found out that preacher is going to minister to people that I would never minister to. But I'm glad he found 306 in the middle of nowhere and they love it and whoopee! Brother Randy Richardson, he came to me and hugged my neck the other day. He said, thank you that eight years ago you preached Why sit we here till we die? He said, God spoke to me and he said, I'm living out a dream. Can I get a witness? Say, Amen. Because they found their spot and they're standing in it. They were fixed in their structure, found in their solitude. And here's the last fact. It ought to help your relationship with the king. They were fashioned in their song. You know what they did with some of them? Some of them were used for steps. Some of them were used for pillars. But the old small pieces that seemed to be all bent and crooked and distorted, you know what they did with those? Here's what they did. They were fashioned in their song by their distinctiveness. The Bible said, and the king made of the algum trees, look at this, harps and saw trees for singers. I believe he said, hey, is that the discarded pieces from the, from the, from the pillars and the terraces? Yeah, that's the stuff that we couldn't use. Bring it here. And he took them bent, contorted, crooked pieces that were really just going to be thrown in the fire. He said, bring them to me. They're very distinctive, and I'm their designer. And he took each piece, and he began to make instruments out of it. I was reading in the book of Isaiah chapter number 35. Isaiah chapter number 35 It's talking about God making a highway for a wayfaring man. And then he said this. He said, I'll cause you to sit down. He's referring to the people of God during that millennial reign. He said, I'll let you sit down in the habitation of dragons. Think about that for a minute. Dragons are in your Bible. He said, I'll put you in the presence of your enemies. You will sit down in the habitation. It's a word for somebody. God's going to put you down in the midst of that. He said, but where those habitation of dragons are, you'll find reeds and rushes. I did a study on this, and here's what I found out. I found out that the best musical instruments were pulled from that stuff that was pulled out of the water's edge called reeds. Y'all have heard of the word reed. It's a little mouthpiece you put in the end of an instrument, a horn of some type, and blow into it. Well, in those days, they would go down to where that water was growing and there would be a, a rush and the rush would be broke off and put in the put inside of the, the lanterns to light the houses. But the reed would be cut off and brought in, and they would make instruments out of it. And the reason why it was so effectively used, now listen carefully, is because when that reed would start growing, the wind would start blowing. And a storm would come up on that water's front. And it would take that reed and it would literally under the force and the strain of it would bend it down. Until literally it was like a, a, a L. And then it wouldn't break off completely when the sun would come back out. That reed would start standing back up. And it may grow another foot and another storm would come and boom, it would bend it down and it would grow back up. And it may do that over a period of 10, 8, 10, 12 years. And one day a guy would go down to that water's edge and he was looking distinctively for a piece that could be used to make an instrument and he would find that one reed that had been through many a storm and he would cut it off at its base and he'd go back And he'd take his knife, and wherever those knots were where it had been bent down and stood back up, it became a hard knot. But it was in that spot that he bore a hole. He'd go to the next place, and he'd bore a hole. And he'd go to the next place and bore a hole. And then he would blow in the end of it, placing his fingers over the little holes, making music. You see, I believe Solomon took that which was discarded. That that could not be used, it was not a perfect fit for a stair. It was not structurally sound for a pillow. But he said every piece counts. And he took those little discarded broken pieces and he brought them up to himself. And in his hands, he began to pull strings across them. He began to fashion them. And there was a designer that took something very unique and distinctive and made something glorious out of it. I stood back last week amazed. I was in Bessemer City, North Carolina. and We preached in the church on Sunday morning, started a tent revival on Monday night. Two nights, I didn't even get to preach. It just got out the banks. I mean, you needed stoplights in the tent. I mean, stop. Y'all stop. Let this crowd move. Just people all over the place. Altars, just people getting saved and moving. And I thought to myself, if there was ever a place that was distinctive and unique, it's this place here. Because the world would look at this crowd and say, based on the building and based on the way they look, there's not much to them. But I walked away and I stood back and I just shook my head. I said, God, you're such a good God to take the base things to confound the wise. I took an old preacher that, listened to me, at one time he 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 said when I go to sleep at night he said I grind my teeth. I looked at him the other day and he had some pretty teeth. I said, what'd you do, brother Andy? He said, God give me some new teeth. Look at them, just wiry, wide open. What he did is he pulled up that discarded piece of wood. That preacher was when I spoke eight years ago at that tent revival. He had just been fired as a youth pastor. Not for doing anything wrong. They've just discarded him. He's just been done away with. And he was brought in, and God, the Holy Ghost, said, I'm going to show you, you got a work to do. I'm not done with you yet. And he's just as happy as a hog in a bucket of slop. I want to ask you this question Ain't you glad for the example of the all gum tree? I got three people happy about that. Some of you didn't know whether to clap. Some of you wanted to clap. and Some of you said, well, it's worthy of clapping, but I'll let them clap. Here's what I want to do. I want to ask my son and my daughter to make their way up to the stage, if they will. The more I study the trees and the Word of God, this is what I find. Everything in that Bible has got a place and a purpose. Some of y'all are pillars in this place. God's put you in strategic places to hold the building up. You're silent. You'll never say anything. But they can always say they're going to be in their place. And I want to say to you, thank you. We need you. You are necessary. For the rest of us to enjoy what we enjoy. And let me let me explain what I mean by that. I went in the restrooms a while ago before church started, and they were clean as a button. Somebody did that. And I'm sure if I have if I have the traffic count right, most likely it was done in between yesterday and last night and today. You're a pillar in the house of God. Thank you. You say, wait a minute, that, that, that's a hard job. Don't matter. That person went in there and just cleaned, and I was able to enjoy the fruits of somebody else's labors. Yesterday, y'all worked hard, and let me tell you something. I know that last year we had a revival right after that, and I know it was hard to because after a week like y'all had and that Saturday you had out there, it's difficult because you're tired, you're weary, you've put a lot into it, you're spent. God had different plans this year as far as a revival meeting. But thank God he let me have an opportunity to come in here and and experience what you guys have labored in. You with me? Say amen. There's some people in here this morning that that labor brought you into this place. I want to ask you this. How many of you want to be an all gum tree in the house of God? Here's what I want to do while my son plays. I want to just give an opportunity for Christians just for a minute maybe to thank God that he came over